We're in week two of our series called Family Vacation. Family Vacation. Now, uh, there's some people that are on their family vacations right now. And the reason why we did it right now is specifically because we know this is kind of the time when everybody starts to uh, think about going on family vacation, or maybe you've uh, been on family vacation already, or maybe there's some people online that are watching today, hello, that you're on family vacation. Thank you for joining us, all right, from Florida, wherever you guys are at, okay? Um, But I'm, I'm real excited to talk about this because last week we looked to the story of Abraham and how God kind of calls them into this, not as much a family vacation uh, as it is a little bit more of a really difficult family road trip into a land that he did not know where he was going. Okay. Uh, So it's a very difficult trip for them, but uh, I'm excited for for Father's Day next week too. We're going to finish up the series next week on Father's Day. And, and, And if you're not coming to Father's Day or if you had other plans, cancel them because you need to come to Radical Church because we're having a bacon bar, y'all. Who has a bacon bar at church? It's going to be amazing. We're going to have some grills out here. I'm already getting with some guys. They say, I got a grill. I got a grill. We're going to have some three or four grills set up out there. We're going to be flipping some bacon and it's going to smell like bacon all up in this church, all on the back. All the people from the community will be like, oh, I need to go to Radical Church. They got bacon, you know? It's going to be great. You'll be able to smell it for days, you know? Uh, and it's going to be a great time. We're going to have some different like toppings. We might have some like maple syrup. You can like dip that stuff in. I've heard some people that they dip it in chocolate. You ever heard of that before? You got some bacon, some, some chocolate dipped bacon. We're going to have some of that too. Or maybe you're just a manly man and you want it burned to a crisp. You want your coffee black. I don't even know toppings on my bacon. Give it to me straight. You just eat it and drink that black coffee. I, you might just be a bitter soul, you know? <laughs> but uh, hey, if that's you, we're going to have some of that for you too. And, uh, and then we'll find deliverance in the name of Jesus later. So, But uh, Father's Day is coming up. We're going to give away some Home Depot gift cards because how many of you uh, wives need your husbands to do something this summer? Come on, get off your butt, get off the couch and go do something. So we'll give you a Home Depot gift card to give you a little incentive, all right? Um, But Father's Day is coming up. And I want you to come next week. I want you to invite somebody. Uh, But last night, I was real excited because my wife came to me and she said, Trevor, I have a Father's Day gift for you, but I need your input and advice on it. I wanted to surprise you, but I need to, I need to tell you about it so you can kind of help me with it. I said, all right, what is it? She said, well, I bought tickets and I immediately said, I'm intrigued, okay, (laughs) to a Texas Rangers game. And I was like, oh, sweet. Okay. She said, but I actually haven't bought the tickets because I wanted you to be able to pick the seats to which I said, babe, you know me, you love me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pick the seats for us. This is great. You know? So she was smart enough to know that she didn't know where to, you know, get the seats. And you know, guys, we like our certain spots and we like to sit on fields and places of that sort. And so uh, she got with me and I was able to pick the seats and buy the tickets last night. And so we're going to go watch the Oakland A's play against the the Rangers on the 24th, I think of this month. It's going to be a great time. Uh, And so she got this for me and it made me think about uh, baseball a little bit and I actually added this into today because I felt like it went so well. But, but how many of y'all know baseball? You played baseball maybe in middle school, high school. Okay. You like baseball. Any Texas Rangers fans in here? Come on. We got a few. I know Alfred, my man at the back, he loves Texas Rangers. He's all about it. My man Richard too, but I love the Rangers. I don't have enough time to watch baseball though. They play way too many games, okay? I, I don't know how you people watch baseball that watch it religiously. They just have it on at all times because there are like three games daily. It's like, and how in the world are you supposed to watch this? I can't do it. That's why I stick 
with football because it is like once a week and then I'm good. You know, all day Sunday after church, I will watch it. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. I'm going to watch my football and then I'm done. Okay. Baseball is a commitment though. Like you got to really be committed to watch baseball seasons. All right. Um, but there's this concept in baseball. I played for 10 years. I loved baseball. I almost went to college to play baseball, but then God said, nope, you're doing ministry. Okay, God. So there's this concept called the sacrifice bunt. You know what that is? You ever heard of that? It's a sacrifice bunt. And in, in baseball, it's, it's an idea that you have a, a runner that on your team is already on one of the bases. Usually a, a great way to do it is if there's somebody on second base already, you try to get them over to third base. And so uh, you want to try to advance them into a better scoring position is the idea. So what the batter will do that comes up is he will come up and then he will take the baseball bat and he will bunt, basically hold the bat like this. If you don't know baseball, I'm going to be, I'm going to dumb it down for you guys. All right. You take the, hold the bat like this. And then you just have to make contact and the ball just goes like right in front of you. You're not like swinging away, trying to hit it out of the park or anything like that. You just kind of hold it like this. It hits, it dribbles in front. And then the runner will run to first, but he's not actually trying to get on first. The whole point of that play is to try to advance the runner that's already on another base farther ahead and to get them into a scoring position. And so the catcher or the pitcher will usually just kind of like, they'll throw his, his, his uh, thing off and then come up and grab the ball and just kind of throw it over the first or something like that. You've seen pitchers that'll come up and grab it and they just kind of have to like get it over real quick because butts are hard to pick up sometimes. And, and so usually that guy will get out on first. But the whole point is not for him to be safe, but for the person that's on the other bases to round the bases to be saved. You can also even do a sacrifice bunt. You ever seen on, on, on baseball games, you see the coaches that are all like, <laughs> you know, it's like they do all kinds of things. It's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like all these like crazy, you know, they're like going like this. I was like, what are you doing? You know, some weird symbols. All right. Those are actually plays. Those are things that they have planned. You know, in football, you actually have a play that you run. Okay. But in baseball, they, they can't actually just be like, Hey, huddle up and let's get a play. Uh, what the third base coach will do a lot of times is he'll tell the batter and he'll kind of tell the guys that are on base, hey, this, this, is a, this is a play that we're going to run. And they have to kind of conceal what that play is by using all these different symbols. And one play that they'll do is they'll do a sacrifice bunt with a guy on third base. Now, this one is really difficult to pull off. This is really hard to pull off. You have to sacrifice bunt. But this guy on third base is going to, right as the pitcher starts to throw, the guy on third takes off running. And he's coming home. He's going to try to, he's basically halfway stealing home, essentially. He's going to try to run home. And if you do not put the ball on the bat, you're going to be in a really bad situation really fast. So you have to be very confident that you're going to be able to make the bunt and get the ball wherever it needs to go. Because as soon as the pitcher is going like this, that guy on third is running. And if the catcher, if you miss right here and the catcher catches the ball, he's just going to stand there and tag him out. Or he's going to get in a pickle and he's going to get out on third. So you have to make sure you sacrifice yourself, get that bun out there. You know you're not going to make it to first, but you know your buddy is going to make it home. It's an intentional play by the batter to make his position worse to help his teammate advance or score. And the topic today for us is sacrifice. Sacrifice. And in the title of the message, if you'd like to write it down, it's three sacrifices for your kids. Three sacrifices for your kids. Nobody likes to sacrifice right? It's not, a, it's not a hot word that everybody likes to talk about. Like, ooh, today I'm going to, you wake up and you get your coffee. Today I feel like sacrificing something, you know? Like, I just don't feel like doing anything for myself. I would love to just do everything for everybody else and sacrifice something of my own life for the betterment of other people, okay? That's not something that generally you wake up and think every morning when you wake up. Uh, but but it, normally we like to be the person, 
you know, if you're thinking like, what do I really want to do is I want to wake up and I want to be the big hitter that steps up to the plate and just knocks one out of the park in my life. You know what I mean? I knock it all the way out. I hit the home run. Everybody cheers and and is, is so excited for me and what I did that day in my life. Okay. That's what we like to do. Nobody likes to be the guy that goes up and does the sacrifice bunt, gets thrown out at first, messes up your stats, you know, but the other guy gets to come in and score. And Sometimes in life, sacrifice is necessary in our family life, especially for our kids. For our kids, we sacrifice a lot of things on a regular basis. How many of y'all are parents in the house? How many, raise your hand if you are a parent or if you're like a parent to somebody else. Raise your hand. I'd love to see you. Okay, cool. We got a lot of people in the house and we sacrifice many things. We sacrifice our sleep. How many of y'all have had a toddler? Come on, you know, you don't get a lot of sleep in the first three months, especially even in the first six months. It's very difficult those first few months. You don't get a lot of sleep at all. You sacrifice that so that your kid can, can thrive. When they become teenagers, what do you sacrifice? All the leftovers in the fridge. Come on, you can write your name on it. You can say, do not touch. You can put all this stuff. You are not getting any of those leftovers because them teenagers are going to steal it out from underneath you. And then the last thing that you really sacrifice a lot of is just your general sanity, okay? I mean, it's just like having kids is difficult. It's hard. It's, it's a hard thing to do to be a parent. You sacrifice a lot when you choose to be a parent. But the question that I, I think many of us Christian parents are trying to ask ourselves is, what do I need to do to help my kids know Jesus? That's the question that we're really going to tackle today. What do I need to do to help my kids know Jesus? And, and this, could, this, could, this message is not just for parents and not just for children, okay? I want you, if you don't have kids in this place, I want you to take this and, and spin it in your own way and in, in the way that God leads you to think about it and the Holy Spirit leads you to think about it. I'm going to talk about it in the form of parents and kids, but if you don't have kids here today, I promise this message will still apply to you. So please lean in today because I believe God wants to speak something to you. Amen? I think we need to sacrifice. That's one thing, one thing that we can do to help our kids know Jesus better. You look at the story of Abraham, right? God asks for a huge, huge sacrifice in the story of Abraham. So we're going to look right now. I want you to go to, if you have your Bible app or if you have a Bible with you, we're not going to put it on the screen because it would have been a thousand slides. I'm just going to read this story to you. Uh, It is Genesis 22, 1 through 18. Give me a second if you want to look it up on your phone or in your Bible. Genesis 22, 1 through 18. I'm going to be in the NIV, but you can read it in a different one if you want to. Let's go ahead and start this passage. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. That's not generally the way you want to start something, right? God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. 
When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up in the thicket. He saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. To this day it said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Wow, what a story, right? I want to start uh, with a personal story. This is a story from Abraham on his family trip that they were going on, this, this long journey that they were taking. But I want to start with a, a personal story from me and my life. Uh, my mom and my dad, you know, they grew up in Christian homes. And, and I think they'd probably be the first to tell you. You know, my dad is, is not feeling well. He's, he's probably watching online and uh, I thought my mom might not be here either to take care of him, but she is here. And so, sorry, mom, I didn't ask you for permission. I'm going to ask you for forgiveness later. So, <laughs> but they grew up in Christian homes, but they'd probably be the first to tell you that, that their Christianity and their faith was probably not their top priority. Okay. How many of you guys, maybe that might be a similar story to you. Like you grew up, your parents went to church, but like, it wasn't really a thing for me. You know, I didn't really, you know, believe in God or maybe I believed in God, but I didn't really take it seriously until maybe I was older or something like that. That's a, that's a common story for a lot of people. It wasn't your own. And, and so they'd be the first to tell you probably wasn't their top priority, but they knew that when they had kids that they wanted to make sure that, that me and my brother had a solid Christian foundation in our lives. And so they decided they wanted to put us into Christian school, a private Christian school. I went to private school from K4 to college. And if, if I'm a little weird, that's why. That's what I like to tell people anyway. So, um, but my family didn't have a lot of money growing up. Okay. It, we were not ultra wealthy. We were not well to do by any means. We weren't extremely poor, but we definitely were not, not in the best situation all the time as I was growing up. And, and so it was a large sacrifice for them to put me into private school. Cause how many of you know that stuff is expensive. Okay. It, it's not, it's not cheap at all. I know some other people that went to private school up in here. You know what I'm talking about. And they made a sacrifice for me and my brother to be able to go to Christian school. And, and the reason was is because they wanted better for us than what I think they even ever had. And their relationship with God, they knew like, you know what? We just want to get them near to God. Whatever we have to do to get them near to God, I want to make sure that their relationship with God is better than even mine is. And I think that's such a noble thing to think as a parent. And, and now look at me, you know, today, now I'm standing up here and, and preaching and my mom and dad come to me and ask me questions all the time about God and the Bible. And I love that. Why? Because they made the initial sacrifice to put me into a Christian school and education. I'm not saying anything against public school, but, but that's what they felt like they needed to do for us. And, and now I have this, this foundation and I grew up as a young man of God and, and God has spoken to me and helped me in so many ways, but it was all because of the sacrifice that they made so many years ago to help us even when they didn't have a lot. And my dad, he would go from job to job. I remember he worked two jobs at one point, three jobs even at one point, and 
One of them was, was putting signs out and, and just putting, you know, signs out by different corners. And so me and my brother would go with him and we would just stake signs in the ground all over the Austin area. And, and I, I never really thought about it until much later on, you know, as a kid, I just thought it was funny. You know, it's cool. Like, ah, we're going to go like stake these signs in the ground. And then I realized later that that had to been a really difficult thing for him to do. A man that's trying to provide for his family and is trying to do everything that he can. He had to make a huge sacrifice. A lot of time, a lot of effort was spent. And yet we were still going to Christian school and we were still paying for it as best we could. There was a time we had to move out to Tyler because that was the only uh, the economic downturn. You know, it was 2007, 2008, I think. We had to move out to Tyler. And the only job he could find was out there. And, and they, once again, put us into uh, private Christian school and they thought it was important. And so they did that. And it was a two-bedroom apartment. And I'll never forget, it was probably 500 square feet. Right, Mom? And they put their... It's two bedrooms, me and my brother, my mom and dad. They put, their, uh, they put their bed in the living room. The living room is about as big as the bed was. And there was a TV and a bed in the living room. That was it. And it was crammed uh, so that my brother and I could have our own rooms upstairs as we were growing up and trying to learn how to be independent. And they, they made that sacrifice for us so that we could have our independence as we were growing up. And they wanted to make sure that we had our own space. And, and they made these different sacrifices and they put us into the school. We didn't have a lot. Even when we moved back here, uh, many years later now, we moved back here. We had a dream to start Radical Church. Lindsay and I, we had nothing. Y'all, I'm telling you, like, nothing. When we moved back home here to Kyle, with, we moved in with my mom and my dad. And once again, they had this beautiful home here in Plum Creek, and they moved rooms to a different room down on the other side of the house so that Lindsay and I could, could have the master suite with the nice bathroom, and then down the hallway is where our son would sleep in that room, and they wanted us to be able to be close to him when he would wake up and cry. And so they literally moved rooms and moved all their furniture into a different space so that we could have that room. How many of you know that those are some parents that know how to sacrifice for their kids? Amen. And I love you guys for that. I really do. We lived with them for eight months as we started the church, but they knew that we needed that help. We needed that boost in order to get to where God had called us to be to start this church eight months ago. And, and they sacrificed, number one, their comfort. I think many of us need to learn how to sacrifice our comfort for our kids. They might have sacrificed a nicer apartment so that I could have a Christian education. They sacrificed their finances so that they could buy me my first guitar so that I could lead worship when I was a kid. They made sure that I was able to go to youth camp even though they didn't have a lot of money and they also even sacrificed their pride because as I got older, I started to hear stories from them that I didn't know. I didn't know that I got sponsored to go to school many times because we didn't have enough money. I didn't know that I got sponsored to go to youth camp. I didn't know that. But how many of you know that's a difficult thing to do, to, uh, to rely on somebody else to help your kids go to youth camp? But they sacrificed and laid down their pride so that I could have a better future. They sacrificed their comfort. Abraham sacrificed his comfort too, didn't he? The Lord said, pack it up. It's time to go. You got to go on this family trip. Go to a land that I will show you. Where are we going? And his family, you got to think. It's like, hey, where are we going, Abraham? I don't know. I got no clue. But God said to go, so we're going to go somewhere, right? He said, I'm going to show you, so we're going to get out of here. And they start going. 
And this isn't like your airline commercial or, or you've seen this maybe in a, in a movie or something like that. How many of y'all ever seen something like this where people just, they like they close their eyes, they have a dart and like a map on the wall and they just like throw the dart and it lands on Paris and they're like, oh, let's take a trip to Paris. Spontaneous, you know? This is not like that kind of a trip, okay? This is a tough trip. This is not an easy trip. Back in the day, I mean, it, you're walking everywhere, okay? You're riding a camel everywhere. You're not just sitting in luxurious places going to this land that the Lord's gonna show you, right? No. This was a tough thing. He sacrificed his comfort. Maybe they had lived there for a while, right? And he leaves all that he knows. He takes his family with him and, and just goes to this place that's foreign to him. He has no idea where he's going. And God finally shows him the place. But, but through his sacrifice of comfort, it was through that, that the promise of him having a son and being a father of many nations was fulfilled. I'm going to say that again. It was through his sacrifice of comfort that the promise of him having a son and being a father of many nations was fulfilled. So the question I have for you today is, what are you willing to sacrifice for your kids? If they're small, if they're teenagers, if they're grown, doesn't matter. What are we willing to sacrifice for our kids to know Jesus? Are you willing to sacrifice your comfort, your finances, your time, some friends, your schedule, your business? What are we willing to sacrifice? Maybe you have some friends that you know are, are not a good influence on you, but you've had them for years, but you know that you need to maybe step back from that relationship because it's affecting your view of your kids. Maybe, maybe their kids are, are affecting your kids in a negative way. And listen, are you willing to sacrifice that so that your kids can grow closer to Jesus? That's tough. Maybe you have an addiction to alcohol or drugs or, or whatever it might be. Are you willing to lay that thing down so that your kids will have a better future so you can break that chain off in your family line, cut off that family thing so that your kids will never have to struggle with the same things that you and your grandparents, your parents and your grandparents did? Are you willing to cut that thing off? What if you have a business or you have a job that, that's taking you away from your family and you know it's difficult and you're not very present with your kids? When you are home, are you willing to suck it up and be present with your kids, right? Even though you're tired and it's difficult, I deal with that, right? It's hard when you work 60, 70 hours a week. Some of you guys, especially if it's manual labor, you get home and you just want to, oh, I just want to lay on the couch and relax. But are we willing to have conversations with our kids, hang out with our family and be present while we're actually there? Maybe... God might even be calling you to step out of that business or step out of that job and do something else for the sake of your family. I'm not saying that this is what you're supposed to do, but I'm asking, are we even willing in the first place to sacrifice it? Are we even open to the idea of having to sacrifice some of these things so that our kids can have a better future, so our family can have a better future? Maybe God's asking you to change something in your life so that your kids' lives will be forever changed. Number one, sacrifice your comfort. Number two, sacrifice your understanding, okay? Kids do a lot of things, people, that don't make a lot of sense. Do we agree on that one? They do a lot of weird stuff, okay? So we're gonna go into a segment that I like to call Things Kids Do That Just Don't Make Sense. All right, so we got a few things right here. Um, number one, kids like to put things in their noses. <clears throat> what in the world are you doing, child? Putting that crayon in your nose. Oh, you got, uh, how many... Have y'all have had a kid that's put like a pea in their nose or like a piece of corn or they got like, you know, all, I mean, they can find the weirdest things to put in their noses and in their ears. I've had kids, you know, they've, they've gone to the hospital because they have to like extract these things. It's crazy. Uh, did you know that children know how to speak in tongues? Do you guys know that? It's crazy. It, it's called babbling and you have no idea what in the world they're saying. 
yeah, I have a two and a half year old and he thinks that he knows what he's saying, right? He really, he really is in his brain is moving a lot faster than his mouth is. Okay. He's just like, and then I was having this and then the veggie and then blah, blah, blah. And stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? son? I have no, I, I love you, but I have no clue what you're talking about right now. Okay. Uh, next one, this, this kid, uh, there was one, uh, I like this picture the kid sleeping on the Legos. That's a good one. We got that picture. Let me see this kid right here. <laughs> Parents, we step on a Lego and it's like the world is ending. We, we're cursing, you know, everything in the world. And, you know, it's just like it hurts so bad. It's like somebody might as well have just stabbed you. You know what I mean? One little Lego. And this kid right here is just going to sleep. The caption on this one, I thought it was great. It said, my kid might be immortal. Okay. He's just got superpowers if he can sleep like that. And then uh, this next one, I really like the caption. There's a girl. She's watching something here and it doesn't make any sense. And the caption said, my, my, my daughter was watching something scary. And so she went and got protective headgear so that she wouldn't be scared anymore. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, y'all. That doesn't make sense. This one, and we got some kids that, that mom and dad just bought them a brand new couch so they didn't have to sit on the floor anymore. And they decided they want to sit in the box instead. So that doesn't make any sense. Y'all sit on the couch. Kids love boxes. I don't know what their obsession is with boxes. But this one is my personal favorite, though, I have to say. Things kids do that just don't make sense. You see, th this family has six kids, and the caption said, our kids are obsessed with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and they, they uh, and obsess about sleeping the same way that the grandparents did in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And so that's how they sleep every night. I mean, some of the things that kids do just don't make sense. It's funny, and we can laugh at it. Uh, but, but as parents, many times, we have to sacrifice our understanding, right? I don't understand what in the world my kids are doing right now. Even as they get older, they're making decisions and you're like, oh, like, what are you doing? You know, I, I'm sure that my parents, as I was a teenager and going into college, I was making decisions and they're just like, oh my Lord, what are you doing right now? And they're trying to help me through those things. And I mean, some of you understand, you remember when you were that age and your parents were trying to help you through some of that stuff and you look back and you're like, man, like, thank you so much or for helping me through that or, or for not saying anything because I was doing some really dumb stuff, you them. But in Genesis 22, 2, it says this, God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him as a burnt offering. I will show you. Um, excuse me, God, <clears throat> uh, have you, have you been drinking something? Because that does not make any sense. You just promised me this son who I had, you blessed me with, and now you're asking me to sacrifice him. This doesn't make any sense, God. And in Genesis 22, 5, it goes on a little bit later. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Notice he says, we will come back to you. That lying fool, Abraham. It is not going to be fine, dad. We're just going to worship over there real quick and come back. No, -uh. it is not going to be okay. This is what is going on right now. But he actually doesn't even, it says he doesn't even tell Isaac. He didn't even tell him what's going on. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll come back to you and everything will be fine. It's, it's all good. You know, have you ever lied to your kids before? You ever lied to them before? Nah, you haven't ever lied to your kids. Stop it. Get out of here. Are we there yet? Yeah, mm -hmm, almost. It's like two hours later, you know? Mommy, is this going to hurt? No, honey, it's not going to hurt walking into the dentist's office. It's going to hurt, right? <laughs> is, is he lying to his kid right now? Is he lying to Isaac? Maybe there's another option, right? I think the other option is, and we can see in Scripture, that he had enormous faith that God would make good on his promises. God had told him that all nations would be blessed through Isaac, through this offspring that he had given him, 
and that his family line would descend from him. And so he believed that there would be another way. And you see this in the New Testament now, many, many years later in the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 says, and this whole chapter is called the faith chapter. It talks about by faith, this person did this, by faith, this person did this, by faith. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Abraham had such a huge faith and what God would do, that he would fulfill his promises, and he had faith for his son, that he believed that he could even bring him back from the dead. That is an amazing amount of faith from this guy, Abraham. Listen, you can read parenting books, you can go to seminars, you can look at your Instagram mommy blogs all day long, but if you do not have faith, if you are not filled with faith, for the destiny that God has for your kids and you're trying to figure out the way that God's going to do it. How is he going to do it? Listen, no, we don't try to figure out how God is going to bring uh, our kids to himself. All we need to do is have faith that God has a plan for our kids. He has a destiny for our kids. We don't have to understand how God does the things that he does. He just asks us to obey the things that he tells us to do. That's all we have to do. Have faith for your kids. Speak life over your kids. Speak joy over your kids. Love over your kids. It's so easy to get angry at our children. I'm not saying that if we get angry that the world is ending. Listen, there's grace for that. I understand. But listen, we want to speak life over our children. Speak destiny and faith over our kids. Love. All these things. The reason is, is because we're not going to understand sometimes when we go through a season where it's difficult with our children right? Maybe they're grown. Maybe they're high school. Maybe they're small. You go through a season where you're just like, I don't really know what's going on right now. I'm going through a season of testing uh, where, where I don't understand what's going on with my kids. I'm not relating to my children. I'm frustrated with my kids. Maybe they're pulling away from you and, and you feel like you don't even have a relationship with them anymore. But if you will just continue in faith and do what God has called you to do, to be a parent to these kids, you keep praying for them. You keep speaking life over them and, and, and modeling a life lived with Jesus. I believe that God will reward your faithfulness and obedience. And we have to sacrifice our understanding of trying to figure out how we're going to get through every little thing and just try to be faithful with the things that God has told us to do. Give our kids to God. Give our family to God and let him do the rest. Be faithful in what he's told you to do. Abraham, you had to think, man, that's crazy, God. I'm going to sacrifice my son, but he had so much faith. He knew that God had spoken a destiny over Isaac. And so he said, you know, I believe that even he can bring him back from the dead because God has a plan for you, Isaac. I believe that's what he was thinking in his heart. So we have to sacrifice our understanding. The third thing is we have to sacrifice ourselves, sacrifice yourself. Romans 12:1. therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. At first glance, when you read the story of Abraham, it seems like that he's asking Abraham to sacrifice his son. That's kind of on the surface level. Okay, he's, he's asking me to sacrifice my son. This is what God has asked me to do. And that's when you read it, that's what it looks like. But when you look at this story closer, you can actually see that God was asking Abraham not just to sacrifice his son, but to sacrifice himself. 
God was asking Abraham to give him everything that he had been given. God, you gave me this promise of a son. Why are you asking me to sacrifice him? It was for the sake of his son that God asked him to sacrifice his son. Does that make sense? I'm going to say it again. It was for the sake of his son that God asked him to sacrifice his son. Why? Because God needed to know that Abraham would put God first in everything. It taught him how to be a parent to his son by keeping obedience to God at the forefront of everything he did as a parent. When you sacrifice your life to God, when you offer yourself, as this passage says, as a living sacrifice, you're doing the best thing that you can ever do for your kids, which is simply just to show them how to worship God. Sacrifice is tied to worship. The first time worship is mentioned in the Bible is right here in this passage. Did you know that? Let's read it again. Genesis 22, 5. Stay here with the donkey while I go, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and we will come back to you. Notice that worship here has nothing to do with music, right? We equate worship with music, with reading a Bible, with, with, with worshiping and saying things to God. It had nothing to do with church, had nothing to do with being in this place. What did it have everything to do with? Sacrifice. The first time worship is mentioned in the Bible has everything to do with sacrifice. And sacrifice is the ultimate form of worship. Understanding that I might need to give up something else for something better. Give up my life for my kids. And this story really is the story of Jesus and his father, right? That's really at the end of the day what this story is. God gave up everything that he had. His one and only son, Jesus. He had to watch his son die on the cross. Imagine the pain as a father that he was going through. The same, the same story, really, it's a, it's, a, it's a parallel to Jesus and his father later. And theologians and people will say that Jesus was, was the true Isaac, right? Abraham is this father that is about to sacrifice his son. And you kind of get the humanized picture of what this might have looked like. And yet Abraham had so much faith in and you, you got to think, what was God feeling as he was watching his son Jesus have to die on the cross? Jesus sacrificed his life so that you could live. He sacrificed his comfort, his nice comfy throne up there in heaven, right? So that he could come down and live as a man, sacrifice his pride. And he sacrificed three years of his life to teach 12 bumbling idiots about the Bible Guys that did not understand, did not listen to what he said, couldn't comprehend most of the stuff that he told them. That even at the very end of it, pretty much all of them abandoned him except for John, who followed kind of from a distance behind him. He had been with them for three years teaching these guys, and yet they all abandoned him. And he sacrificed three years into these guys' lives. Why? But he had a faith in them. He had a faith because he knew that they had a destiny on their lives. He was going to pour everything he had into these guys. Are you willing to sacrifice everything for your family to know God? What is maybe something you need to lay down so that they can thrive? Is it the way you spend your time? Is it your finances, your schedule, your pride, your addiction, your anger? What lengths are you willing to go for your kids to see Jesus in you and and what I want to do right now is I want everybody to stand in this place because I think there's some people that need to sacrifice something today. There's some people that need to lay something down in this place. 
whether you have kids or whether you don't, okay? I, I'm talking about it in the realm of kids, but there's also some things that you might just need to sacrifice for your relationship with Jesus. Some things that you need to lay down today. Some metaphorical, you know, uh, th this thing that you might need to put on the altar today and give it up to God. And I want to ask you this question. If that's you and you have something in your life that you say, hey, Pastor Trevor, you know, my kids, I want them to know Jesus. You might be asking yourself that question as a parent. How do I help my kids know Jesus? What do I need to do as a parent to help them? And I think one of the things that we can do is learn to sacrifice. And I believe the Holy Spirit maybe has put something on your heart today that you know you need to lay down. You know you need to change in your life. A schedule thing, a business thing, a job thing, a friend thing, an emotional thing you might need to get help with. There might be some things that you need to sacrifice today in this place so that your kids can know Jesus. Just like my parents, they gave just about everything they had to help me to get to where I'm at today. Now, was I perfect? No. Did I eat all the leftovers? You better believe it. Come on. Did I make some poor decisions along the way? Absolutely. Were they pulling their hair out at sometimes trying to figure out what to do with me? Of course. But they were faithful in sacrificing what they needed to. They didn't understand it the whole way through. But God led me in the way that he did. And I'm so grateful for my parents that did that. And I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. But is there something today that you need to lay down and sacrifice? If this message has touched you at all and you're just saying, hey, Pastor Trevor, that's me. I, I want to make sure that I, I learn to sacrifice for my kids, whether they're grown, whether they're two, whether you're pregnant today, they're still in your belly, whether you're adopting, it doesn't matter. Whether you have kids that are uh, people in your life that are like kids to you, what can you sacrifice for them? If that's you, would you just raise your hand if this has touched you and you feel like, hey, I need to sacrifice something. I need to lay something down. Come on, I see you. I see you, I see you. Amen, amen, amen. I see you guys. Come on. I wanna pray with you today. And I believe that God is gonna help us to sacrifice and lay some things at the altar today. Let's pray. Father, right now, we just come before you. We say, God, we're not perfect. We know we're not perfect. We might be parents. We might, whatever the situation is here for these people that are raising their hands today. I pray, Father, that you would help us to lay some things down, to sacrifice our comfort for our kids, to sacrifice maybe our finances for our kids, to, to do the things that we need to do to get them to your feet, Jesus. God, because we know at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Lord, they can be in sports. They, they can be, uh, we make decisions about their school. We make decisions about what they eat. We make decisions about what they wear, the friends they hang out with, the things that they do, the things, the places we go, all these decisions that we make as parents for our kids. And we make thousands of decisions for our kids. But God, we know that the most important decision we will ever make is to learn to lay down our lives for our kids to know you, God. That's the most important thing we can do. How do we get them to your feet? How do we get them to where they can have a relationship with you? Lord, we don't have all the answers. But today, Lord, there's some people that are saying, I want to sacrifice some things in my own life. 
I'm going to lay some things down that I know I need to change or, or, or do differently, Lord, so that my kids can have a better chance to have a great relationship with you, Jesus. I'm going to talk to my kids. I'm going to have family meetings. I'm going to be present. We're going to do whatever we have to do, Father, whatever you've laid on their heart today, Lord. I, help that, I pray that you would help them to, to follow through with that, Lord, not just to say right now in this place, Lord, yeah, I want to sacrifice something, but Lord, sacrifice is tough. And I pray that you would help them to stick it out, to follow through with the thing that you're putting on their heart right now. Not just to say it today, but a year from now when it gets a lot tougher, when they don't have any more money, when they've ran out of ideas, when it gets tough, when their kids have rejected God and they don't know what to do anymore. God, I pray that you would help us to be faithful in praying for them, to speak life over them in the name of Jesus. We declare life over our kids right now. Father, those children that are over there right now, we, we pray life, we pray peace, we pray joy over them, we pray an experience with you. The love of God would wash over them right now. The kids that have yet to be born, Lord, we ask right now for those children to be healthy as they, as they come into this world. Father, for those families that are wanting a child, that desperately want to have a child, but have been told that they can't. Father, would you do a miracle? miracle in their lives right now. We declare right now that wombs are opening in the name of Jesus. We declare that sickness is gone in the name of Jesus. We declare that, that, that the things that are stopping them from having a children, Lord, would be removed, Father, that they would be taken away so that they can have this relationship with their kids, Father, right now. God, we, we ask for our kids to have these great relationships with you, Lord, and we just thank you that we know that you're going to do it. Why? Because we're going to be obedient. We're going to be faithful in everything. So, Lord, we, we lay those things down today. With every head bowed, every, eyes every eye closed, I just want to ask today if there's anybody in this place that needs to give their life back to Jesus. If you've been in this place and you say, you know what, maybe I haven't been serving God. And I, I do know that Jesus died on the cross for me. That he loves me so much. He cares for me. That God had to watch his son, Jesus, die on the cross so that I could live. That's incredible. Maybe you've been in church before, you're far from God or, or whatever the situation might be, but you know you want to give your life to Jesus today. I just want to give an opportunity for anybody that wants to say yes to Jesus and living a new life of hope, of peace, and of joy. Not always going to be the easiest life, but Jesus will be right there by your side. Is there anybody in this place today that wants to say yes to God? Would you just raise your hand at me real quick? I just want to see you. If that's you today, amen, amen. Father, we seal this word right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that what you have done in our church today, we will continue throughout the lives of our children. Lord, help us to be great parents to our kids. Always pointing back to you, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen. I hope this word has touched you today. Next week is Father's Day, people. And don't forget, okay, I need you to sign up for a group. Get on the Church Center app. Sign up for a group. Come hang out with us. God's going to do great things. We'll see you next week. God bless you.